Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Jonah McFarlane and today I'm joined by Scott McDermott and Gavin Berry. This week, Rangers won't accept anything less than Dembele dollars for Alfredo Morelos. Will they get the King's Ransom they seek? And your question's answered. Scott, before we get to any of that, we're going to have a look back over uh, Rangers 1-1 draw in the Scottish Cup with Aberdeen. Gavin, you weren't there, so I'll leave you kind of out of this. Scott, we can just have a quick run-through of what happened in that game. Just your overall take of the game, did you think Rangers got a little bit lucky? I did. My overall take was Rangers are lucky still to be in the, still to be in the draw. Johnny, um, no, so much was expected of them getting up there. No, the circumstances were that Aberdeen had obviously lost to Hamilton at home. Rangers were bang on for them, no, four or five straight wins, no big margin victories. Um, Rangers were big favourites, but I mean the first half performance was was dire for Rangers. Um, no tempo, no intensity, uh, passing was off. Some of the players looked as if they were still still sleeping. Basically, while Aberdeen flew at the traps and were no were, were right in about them. No, played with that high intensity, pressed up the park, um, and I I felt Rangers were lucky not to be further behind in the second half. I mean, they improved. That no, there was a clear improvement after the break, especially just after half time. Uh, obviously, I would imagine after a bit of rollicking for the for the manager, and they got the goal. Fair play to Joe Warrell. It was a great finish, great corner, great finish. Uh, I thought Warrell was the, their best outfield player on Sunday um, but Alan McGregor saves them after that we are no, a point blank crucial save for, for Considine I think which which I think ultimately kept him in the in the cup and I think they're lucky to get, get a replay back at Ibrooks. You just wonder the way the competition's going right enough Kilmarnock yeah. not great yep. they are Pataudry go there don't play brilliant hang in there you just wonder whether you know they can Sometimes teams' name could be on the cup when it's like that. So you think that? Well, I think there's a chance. I mean, the semi-final draw, obviously, uh, if they get past Aberdeen in the replay, which you'd still fancy them to do, finish off the job at home. Uh, well, I mean, it's still taking the last four, isn't it? You need to move that, Gav. Oh, yeah. So, so I mean, that's as. Can you imagine that semi-final, Hamden? You know, Sunday lunchtime, Celtic going for the treble, treble Rangers having the chance to stop them. I mean, it'd be some experience. I don't, I don't think it's a gimme though. Rangers beating Aberdeen, no, in the replay. I mean, Aberdeen's Aberdeen have been far better away from home this season than have been at Petodre. They've already came to Ibrox and won. No, say what you like about Derek McInnes and that team, but it won't phase them going to Ibrox. I don't think Tuesday night, of course, Rangers. I've got the advantage getting it back at home. I've already said no, that they, they'll feel fortunate that they're still in there, and of course they'll be odds on favourites to win on Tuesday. But no, Stephen Gerrard's got to get his team, got to well, get his team right because I, I thought he got it. I thought he got it wrong on Sunday. Well, we need to go into that because when we were sitting here with Stephen Smith last last time we were on the podcast, we talked about the need for Ross McCrory to go into that central midfield and do what he does best, which is winning second balls, getting to tackles. Really the guy, the dog of war in there, that's what Rangers need. Also, yep. he was going to give them height at set pieces. Yep. And I, for one, was quite astonished when I saw that midfield lineup because he'd stuck with the players that had been in form in the previous game. He hadn't gone for that horses for courses yep. um, selection that we thought he would. Now, 
we agree that that's, that's a mistake, but what will he do at Ibrox? Well, that's a big question. Um, in terms of Sunday, it was as if I was like you, really surprised that McCrory wasn't in the, the lineup, and it was as if no Stephen Gerrard still a young manager. I know he's got all the experience in the world as a player, as a manager. He's still learning. He said after the Kilmarnock game away, when he talked about Ross McCrory, that no, he had realised at that point that McCrory was suited to a certain type of game. There's no doubt in my mind Aberdeen away is included in that. That's what he was talking It was games like that that he was talking about. So you would automatically expect McCrory to have, have played on Sunday, but it was as if... Gerard has been seduced almost in the last three or four games by the performances. No, Hammond Dundee, Hammond Hamilton, eh, no, it was all St Mirren at home, whatever it was. Almost seduced by these no excellent performances, no, an array of goals. And it was as if he went to Pitodri and went, no, you know what, this, no, these guys have done brilliant for me, so I'm going to keep them in. When really... With all due respect to your Dundees and your Hamiltons, Aberdeen away for as long as I can remember is a completely different fixture. And he had to, whether he liked it or not, I think the first half performance proved that McCrory had to start. And it had to be either Kamara or Jack who dropped out. Now, I actually think in the game, Kamara played reasonably well. I thought Jack had a, had a poor game, so in hindsight, you would have taken Jack out. But I think even if he'd have taken Kamara out, despite his good performances, nobody would have complained. But certainly, for the reasons you mentioned, physicality, height, tackling ability, pressing, McCrory was your guy for that for that game. Gav, if you look at Rangers v Aberdeen this season, there's been very little between the two sides. And does that show us how far Rangers need to go because Aberdeen is a second ball strategy basically it's about physical battles in the middle of the park picking up loose balls set pieces they play a very unsophisticated tactical style against Rangers but Rangers don't have the quality to play around it and given the disparity between the two budgets is that slightly worrying? I mean, really, if you look at the points difference in the league, I mean, really what Rangers' aim was, I mean, you're talking about specific head-to-head games, but I mean, if you're talking about over the course of the season, I mean, the aim for Rangers was to be and what they haven't been able to do in previous seasons, which led to them going to get Stephen Gerrard, was because they weren't able to finish comfortably second, despite that disparity in the budget. Well, they're sitting eight points clear now, aren't they, in the league? And... Okay, they lost in the Betfred Cup semi-final. I mean, that was a huge blow to their season. But, I mean, Stephen Gerrard, I mean, that was his first sort of real major setback, you would probably say. So, I mean, they're still in the Cup. They're odds on to win the replay. So if they do that and they're eight points clear, I think regardless of the head-to-head, you know, the difficulty they have in in the head-to-head record, I think they're comfortably second best in the country. Also, I think, Johnny, that at times in games against Aberdeen, particularly the opening day of the season and the 4-2 game at Pataudry, Rangers have shown signs that they could play around it. No, the, the first half of that 4-2 game, when Morelos was in fire, Kent was in fire, Jack and Arfield were you know, nipping at people's ankles and you know, steaming into tackles, 
they did show that, 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 that they were better on that occasion but on Sunday they were nowhere near nowhere near that I, uh, arguably Aberdeen's best performance of the season so far against Rangers I thought on Sunday yeah possibly because even the games that they won yeah. they, well, they, 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 uh, Rangers dominated the ball but yeah. actually in this game it was much more even throughout yep. the game yeah. and Aberdeen dominated yeah. the game in the first half because certainly in the Betfred Cup semi-final I mean, that's, I mean Rangers although they weren't you know they weren't brilliant that day, but they were they were the they better, better team. Yeah. They, they were the sort of better team. Yeah. But it was a kind of bit of a smashing grab for was. Aberdeen, wasn't it? it, it so it was as if on Sunday they were a bit complacent. Rangers had been in a great run. They're looking at Aberdeen, toiling at Petodre. Yeah. No, couldn't they beat St Mirren, lose to Hamilton. It was as if they thought they would just go up there, play the way they they'd done against your Dundees and Hamiltons, and and they would get a victory. And that was no. I says to you the other day that. As far as I can remember, going way back, like 20, 25 years, even when Aberdeen were struggling, you no, know, in like ninth and tenth in the table, when Walter Smith's Rangers were winning title after title, it was still a difficult game going away to Aberdeen. Walter Smith still had to pick teams and tailor teams to go to Aberdeen. Same with Tynecastle, same with Celtic Park. It's always been the case. Now, if the Rangers players didn't know that on Sunday, then there's something wrong but that's the way it looked in the first half granted there was an improvement in the second half and ultimately that's what's got them the replay but it's a, it's a concern how they started that game on Sunday would, would have been a concern to Stephen Gerrard but that's the problem that's what Stephen Gerrard keep, I mean how many times has he touched on exactly. it this season in terms of the mentality that's why that's that's when you talk about does it show how far they've still to go not so much uh, in terms of Aberdeen because they say they're probably going to finish second which is that was the number one aim yeah. but in terms of catching Celtic I mean that's it's getting that mentality and that consistency but you have to remember that uh, you know that's a lot of the players they're not top draw players that's why you're having to keep on their case all the time to make sure you get that performance out of them Celtic, Celtic don't when Rangers are at their best mm-hmm. They're pressing oh, yeah. high up the park. They're aggressive. And you can tell within the first five minutes where Rangers yeah. are at in a game. Yeah. yeah. If they're not like that, if they're not all latching, uh-huh. if they're not all working their backsides well, off... Johnson now now. They're distinctly average. Look at the goal. The penalty that Aberdeen got was just sloppiness after sloppiness. I mean, first ten minutes of a game, Candias is soft in a challenge. He loses out to, to Max Lowe. He can't get back. You've then got Goldson getting caught with Mackay Stephen running in behind. Worrell doesn't cover well enough or doesn't communicate well enough to tell Goldson not to tackle. Even the challenge that Goldson puts in is, stupid is lazy, sloppy. Yeah. It was a horrible, horrible start to a game where Rangers were getting into, as we said, as red-hot favourites and bang on for them. And that must... That must worry Stephen Gerrard. They've managed to recover it and they've got a replay, but that that, that was worrying. What, what can we expect seen, from that replay? So so I was just going to say when you were saying they're distinctly average, you know, if they're not on it. I mean, is that not part? Is that not because they are? You know, a lot of them are just average players, and that when the, you're saying when the, when they're at that kind of real top level, it's because you know Stephen Gerrard is maybe right on them and giving them a rocket, you know, to get the absolute maximum out of them to get performances like the old firm win. Or like when they've blown, you know, some teams away. But I mean, we're not talking about great quality players. You know, a lot yeah, of them. No, if you, if you no go, go through them, they've not got they've not that got consistency. Yet. That's yeah. But that comes with surely clear. that comes with, you know, better players. 
Yeah. What can we expect from Aberdeen then? Um, this is going to be a huge game. They'll try and play the way they did when they won at Ibrox. No, let's be honest. They'll they'll sit and try and frustrate Rangers, and either try and hit in the break or, or get a goal for for set plays. Um, if Mackay Stephen is fit, no, they'll try and use his pace on the break uh, from wide, but they'll mainly look to defend deep, sit in, and like they did in that game where they where they won one 0 get a get a goal for a, a set play. I'm going to give Stephen Gerrard two bits of advice for this game, and he can ignore them because he knows a lot more about tactics than I do. But I think most Rangers fans will agree with this. Get Andy Halliday in at left back and get Ross McCrory in the midfield. I think it's going to be a battle. I think there's every chance that will happen. Uh, I think Halliday, if if he's fit, will probably come in at left back. Barisic, for whatever reason, isn't isn't quite happening for him. Um, he's in the Croatia squad, which know, surprised me, <laughs> given how he's been playing. And in terms of McCrory, listen, I've said on here before that you know, when we talk about horses for courses. I don't think home games at Ibrox where Rangers have got all the ball against you no know, maybe bottom six clubs. No, that's not the game to play Ross McCrory. Yeah, no, that's what Kamara looks good for. Yeah. But for this game with so much at stake, no, with Aberdeen having that physical presence, um no for set pieces and open play then I think McCrory has to, has to come out of the And we team. know that the first... I mean, like the Kilmarnock, everybody was talking that Kilmarnock replay up is going to be oh, you know, going to be a real cagey affair. OK, Kilmarnock might have had that penalty inside a minute. They might have been a different story. But once once Rangers got that first goal, you know, it was a totally different... It could be a game that's similar to that. I know I know we're saying it is, you know, we expect it to be tight. But I think if, you know, if Rangers could get... You know, if Rangers do get the first goal, you know, at home... I'd, yeah, I'd, I think I'd, I think it could go the other way. I'd be surprised if Rangers don't come out the blocks flying on Tuesday night. <clears throat> that would be a big surprise, given but given what happened at Petodre, given what's at stake in terms of Same they're now playing for a semi-final against Celtic. I'd be amazed if Gerard hasn't got them fired up to really, no, really come out uh, all guns blazing for kickoff. You, you don't want to blow that chance of that semi-final. I mean, what an incentive for them. Absolutely. Now we're going to move on to one of the big talking points of today and of the last few months, uh, something that me and Scott have been uh, debating on this podcast for quite a while, Gav, so I'd love uh-huh. to get your opinion on it. Um, we had um, Stuart Robinson was saying, uh, so Stuart Robinson, who's that? Danger Will Robinson. <laughs> Stuart Robertson was saying that um, he felt that Rangers would not accept anything less than Dembele money for Alfredo Morelos mm-hmm. should he depart the club in the summer. We've now got former player, uh, storied former player, Kevin Kyle, um, was on uh, another podcast and saying um, just in the last couple of days that um, if a club can can get him for between five and ten million, they should snap him up. Gav, how much do you think Morelos is worth? Because there's quite a big disparity between Mm -hmm. Kevin Kevin Kyle's sort of five and ten million and Rangers' twenty million valuation that that chimes with Dembele's value. He's worth what anybody's willing to pay. If you're selling your house tomorrow, what's it worth? No, that's always a stock answer, isn't it? I think, um, well, Kevin Kyle, I think, I don't think they would sell, well, they're not back, what was it, 12 from China? Was it 12, eight, 10? Eight, was it, no? Oh, eight, who who knows? Okay. Significant money, by so all accounts. I think, I think, Dem, I think 15. I think if Rangers was to get 15, so somewhere in between, I think Dembele... I mean, he had the Champions League goals in him. He had the performances against Man City 
uh, goals, you know, in the Champions League. Alfredo Morelos obviously doesn't have that on his CV. He also doesn't have an old firm goal on his CV, which Dembele had plenty of. So I think I think Dembele's probably worth a wee bit more. I think Dembele, like, Rangers fans are not going to like this. Mm-hmm. I think Dembele, fully fit, is a better player than Alfredo Morelos. Yes, But yes. Dembele has also had severe injury problems, yeah. as many players with explosive pace do, around their hamstrings. Yeah. The thing is, Morelos doesn't have any of that. Yes, he has disciplinary problems. And I don't think we've really seen Morelos exposed to the level of football that Dembele has been. Dembele came through when he was an 18-year-old kid playing at Fulham in the Championship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's playing in a very good Celtic side. Alfredo Morelos really has only had this season where he's in a really decent team. Yeah. And, yeah. and even then, you would say Rangers are a work in progress, yeah. as, we, so as we've that, already discussed. Yeah, and that, that's the reason why I agree with Gavin that he's not worth as much as Dembele. I mean, as you see, Rangers fans won't like it, but... <laughs> Morelos isn't as good as Dembele at the moment. Dembele, you've said that Dembele... But the question is, does he have the potential, given what I've already stated about he's not been in that level oh, for course, as long? Of course he has the potential. He's the potential yeah. to be a, a £30 million pound player, no, depending on what he does and where he goes in the next year, 18 months. But if you're asking what is he worth right now, I would agree with Gavin uh, 100% that... But Rangers are within their rights to look around that kind of 14, 15 million pound mark. And and that's a guy, you're right. No, Dembele came in his first old firm game, scored a hat trick. Morelos still hasn't scored against Celtic. So he's got three years left in his contract Mm. this year. Rangers have given him a new contract a couple of times now, Mm -hmm. but they've got him locked in. Is there an argument to say you don't sell him now for that big money? You say to him, leave a legend, stay on, you're doing brilliant this season, you can do even better next year, we've got a great manager who's going to add to this squad and improve this squad, you can get 40 goals next year, you can add more European goals, you can raise your profile, and forget about teams like Leicester, people have talked about Borussia Dortmund, Mm -hmm. now that would be a major, major move, and I could understand, to be honest, I think most Rangers fans would say, well if Dortmund come in, he's going to go 80,000 people at their stadium, huge club in Germany, but Leicester... (laughs) <laughs> are you are you um, are you talking about sorry from the club's point of view or from his point of view from both in terms of from both I, I can see that oh, no, I can, no, I can no. see if, if I'm if I'm Stephen Gerrard and Dave King sitting down uh, of course you know you, you would say well well it's not going to down it's not going to go down in value you've got a 15 million pound uh, asset yeah oh no you would want to keep him because I mean he could be key to I mean if they sell him in the summer I mean their chances of catching Celtic providing they don't win the league this season. You know, are reduced because how do you replace him? But you need, you need, to, be care- you need to be careful, though. You're saying he might he, no, he's not going to go down in value. He might go down in value if he doesn't hit the ground running next season. No, and as a as a poor season, no, goes back to no the kind of the blip he had in the the first season. Then you could lose a bit of value. Rangers need to be careful in terms of they signed this guy for a million quid. They need to get maximum return for him and that might just be in the summer now I, I said on here last week and I stick by it that my gut feeling is that Gerard might be able to get another year out of him because I think everyone at Rangers including Gerard 
will rightly believe that next season is the season where Rangers yeah. can and, yeah. and have to try and go and win that, that league. And I expect Gerard to lay it in the line for Morelos in the summer and say, listen, give us one more year. Similar to what yeah. he did with Suarez at Liverpool. Yeah, it's the same situation, isn't it? Give yeah. us one more year, yeah. and I promise you, you'll get your you'll yeah. get your move. Let, let's yeah. go and win this. Let's win this title. Leave a legend, and then you can yeah. go. I don't know about a legend, yeah. but it would. Uh, oh, he would be a legend. What if he won in the league? Oh, he'd be a legend. This next this next oh. Rangers title oh, winning yeah. team He's are going to be legends. If he has a season like this season, next season, and Rangers won the league, oh, he would be a legend. I mean, anybody who stops Rangers at Celtic. Winning nine stroke ten in a row. Uh, I suppose well, if, will be a legend, but the fact listen, that they're stopping ten in a row, fair enough. Harold Bradback's a Celtic legend. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's only based on the fact he stops I mean. uh, well, Rangers that, winning ten in a for row. For that so. reason, uh, yeah, aye, for that yeah. reason, you would maybe but, do as legendary. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think a guy that's performed. But also, for, John, I mean, you're saying it wouldn't go down in value. I mean, if you remember, okay, maybe it was exaggerated in the first place but I mean there was a time when Dembele was being talked about as a £40 million player and eventually went for 20 but that so was that before kind of, his injury problems well, yeah well yes, Morelos could get injured no that's what I'm saying so yeah. he could you know I mean so, so I mean if you, sorry as Scott was saying it was Scott that was saying it, it, you know you need to be careful you know it just shows you how it can sort of change but I think I mean, he would, he would really need to have a, a disaster to go to drop below sort of 10. I mean, you're looking at 10 absolute minimum. Yeah, I don't surely, think Rangers are not sh- accepting 10 million from Gaff. They're not. No, it's a bit, sorry, what I was going to say is the other, the other issue is, because what we don't know, because he's never conducted an interview in Scotland, is what, what is he thinking? That's the key. As, as we look what happened at the end with Dembele. Once Dembele made his mind up that he was going... Celtic basically just had to sell. They just had to... I mean, it wasn't a case of let's hold out, let's start an auction here. They basically just had... Because he, he knew he was going... He wanted to go to Leon, and they didn't really have that much say in it. If Morelos... And I don't think he is, but we don't know for sure. But if he has got his heart set on going this summer and he says to Stephen Gerrard, I, I don't care, you know, I don't care what you say to me, I'm going and that's it. And Rangers have to resign themselves to sell him. They're just going to have to take whatever they can get because they, they don't want to keep an unhappy well, they player. They won't want to keep an unhappy player. And if it then becomes... It then Because, I mean, how many concrete bids have there actually been? Well, that's you know, it. There a, wasn't a lot I of mean, interest in January, by all accounts. N- Certainly nothing serious. Nice valued them at eight and said they would maybe stretch to ten maximum. So, I mean, if it is around ten, and if the same thing happens in the summer... If he has told them I want to go and the most you get is 10, I mean, what right. do you do? That's I, it. You, I'm going to give you you're 10. Laughing at, you're laughing about Leicester, Johnny. Mm-hmm. If any Premier League club in yes, England... I'm being facetious. If yeah. any Premier League club in England bid upwards of £10 million mm-hmm. in the summer, Morelos will probably fancy it. Yeah, because it's English yeah. Premier League. Now, but listen, See, cause other, uh, yeah, okay. while, while we're talking about valuations, mm-hmm. Angus Gunn, right? Son of Brian Gunn, goalkeeper, never made a first-team appearance for Man City, £10 million. Mm-hmm. Dominic Solanke, barely played all season for Liverpool, mm-hmm. hasn't played many games in the Premiership. I think went 25 or so games without a goal in the Premiership, goes for £20 million. James Madison, mm-hmm. who came up here, yeah. scored a terrific free kick, yeah, yeah. was okay for Aberdeen, yeah. but didn't. he wasn't groundbreaking, £22 million quid. I mean, the context the of the money that's been spent uh, down we there. Know, but we know that that's... 
That's the way English football is. Whether we, we like it or no, yeah. no. Virgil, nobody fancied Virgil Van Dijk when he was playing for Celtic. Tull Southampton, a lower half Premier League club, took a chance on Virgil Van Dijk. Why was why were big clubs no all over him? Yeah. It took it took him to show what he could do in the Premier League before people yeah. start thinking he's worth seventy million. What quid? if people in England say? I know it's wrong, but what if they say the only decent team in Scotland because that's their kind of attitude is Celtic. The only decent team up there is Celtic, and he's not managed to score against exactly. them. Well, I mean, that's what they'll say. They'll say they, they only judge them on Europe and Old Firm games, and he's not scored an Old Firm game. I know that's unfair because he, he did play well in the last one, and he's not but, played the Champions League. But, and he's not playing the Champions League. That, that's what they'll be saying. I mean, Virgil van Dijk had at least played in Europe, albeit he did get sent off in the San Siro. Yes. But so, Scott, do Rangers want an option to drive the price up, or do they want just maybe one club coming in so they can try and rebuff them? No, I mean, they'd, want, they'd want an option. They want to get the highest price possible. I mean, we go back to the this argument. Rangers, Morelos is the, the, the case in point about you know, sourcing a young talent Buying them cheap and sell them yeah. for for big. That's the way Rangers and Celtic have to work. You no know, people talking this week about Ajax and yeah. you no know, stuff like that. It's the same thing. Yeah. That's the way. You no know, clubs and leagues where the TV money isn't anywhere near the the, the the big five. That's the the system that they need to work. So why you no know, Rangers have signed Morelos for a million a million pound. They deserve massive credit. No, whoever it was with Jonathan Johansson or whoever for spotting this this boy they are of course as I'm saying they, they want to keep him for next season I think Gerald will do everything in his power to keep him because he'll be crucial to them trying to win the league but from a business point of view if you buy a guy for a million quid and people start coming in bidding 10, 12, 15 million you just drive that price up. You get as many clubs involved as possible, especially if the player himself has indicated, I want to go to England or Spain or whatever yeah, it is. That's the difficulty. That's the difficulty in this happening now. I mean, Scott's absolutely right in terms of that has to be the model for Rangers and that's, they haven't done, obviously, they've not had the chance to do it because yeah. they've been rebuilding the club, but that has to be the way forward. A bit like Celtic have done themselves. The difficulty in this situation is that he is the one key asset I've got but he is the talisman and it's coming at a time when Rangers are doing everything they can to stop Celtic reaching nine, ten in a row so you know while if Rangers had won the league last season then you would say oh that's fine we'll just sell Morelos and get your £15 million because that's what the club's all about the problem is where they are now is that they need to they're caught between you know generating a bit of money and functioning as a business and trying to have the best team yeah. on the park because if they sell Morelos as we've said you know, what happens how yeah. do you replace them and, and how do you well following on for that we go back to the point about having a director of football having a recruitment department any director of football worth their salt if a guy like Morelos is sitting there with a bit of interest he's young you know, he's already indicated that one day he wants to go to Premier League he's going to leave Rangers one day in the next the next couple of years, we know that for a fact. Um, if he stays injury free, Mark Allen, as director of football, has to have a list of replacements, ready-made replacements, and I don't mean guys 
that no, you've just let me or you could have a quick look and think, well, they could go for him. I'm talking about a detailed list of players, their contract status, their character, whether they'd be interested in a move, their agents' details, salary details, everything. Surely that's a director of football's uh, remit. So there should be, as much as what Gav's saying is right, of course they don't want to lose Morelos and it'd be a massive blow to them to lose him next summer when they're about to go for a, when they're trying to go for a title and they feel as if this will be their, their golden chance to go for a title. But if he does go, it shouldn't be the end of the world for Rangers. Mark Allen, with, the, with that money that they get in, Mark Allen should be able to say, well, here's Steve, here's a list of... Here's a guy from the Dutch league. Yeah, from the, here's seven yeah. or eight players. You pick, have a look at them all. Give us the top three, top three targets. We'll go for number one, right? We can't get him for no these reasons. We go to number two. Can we get? There should be ready. The whole point, and this is this is what annoys me. You know, people hammer on about this director of football uh, model, and I'm not saying it's 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 not right. It's the modern way. That that's fine. But if you're going to do it, you need to do it right and. <laughs> The whole point, the whole point of having it, uh, the whole point of having them is that you've got a list of you've got a list of replacements. It's complex because everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah, everyone, you know, all the big clubs have got directors of football who have all got lists, yeah. and they're all looking for a bargain, and yeah. they're all looking yeah. in the same yeah, and, uh, pond, as well, as it were. Yeah, well, look at look at look at Celtic who lost them belly and never really replaced them, did they? You need to say if, if they've spent two million on if they've spent two million on Bio, then he would potentially be the. Dembele replacement yeah. but, 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 well, maybe that's not the way they're thinking but if you're spending that kind of money 2 million which is a decent outlay for a young international striker then you would need to think they'll be hoping that he, yeah. he comes good but as you say Johnny I mean it's uh, yes I mean it's alright saying you know lists and all that but I mean how many Morelos's are there out there really at that kind of price I mean Rangers are really shopping in a they're shopping in a, a the bargain basement, really, aren't they? It's difficult. It's so, very, I mean, how, very difficult. How would you get that? That's where the problem comes in terms of selling them. If, if you're only going to have a couple of chances going to title, me what? Going to fifteen million quid in their pocket if they if they get that money from. Yeah, but they can't spend all of that. No. They? Because I mean, they've got to invest in other areas. Okay, I'm going to move on to your questions now. I've got a tweet in from David Ure, who's asking: Should Rangers risk Morelos being booked next Tuesday? Or should they have enough firepower in Defoe and Lafferty to see off the Dons? For me, guys, I cannot imagine any scenario where Steven Gerrard leaves out Morelos because the main thing would be if they lose, then he will be blamed. And secondly, Morelos is tailor-made for Aberdeen. Yeah. Tailor-made for the physical battle. You put Defoe in against Aberdeen, he's just lost. I couldn't believe it was even being debated. I, it was, I couldn't believe it was even the debate. It's after the after the draw was made on Monday night. I mean, well, when Rangers lost the Betfred Cup semi-final to Aberdeen, what was the first thing people pointed to <laughs> was the fact that Morelos wasn't available. Stephen Gerrard immediately said that he regretted playing Morelos in the United game at home when he got the booking that ruled him out. Although... I suppose the backup that day was Umar Sadiq at Hamden, was there? I mean, at least, yeah. at least the four, although maybe not suited Aberdeen's a slightly better option than Umar Sadiq, but, but he has to play. And they he have La- they have Lafferty, who he they didn't to. have for yeah, that game. That's that's true. Although yeah, well, well, they had him, but it was uh, he was in the eligible. Uh, wasn't he? he has to play. I mean, yeah. you win the win the quarter final, and then you deal with the, the semi final after. If Morelos isn't available for whatever reason. 
you go to a Lafferty or a Defoe or whatever, but no, the 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 importance, the priority has to be has to be beating Aberdeen on Tuesday night. If the chance to end Celtic, if the Rangers never even got the chance to directly end Celtic's yeah. treble, treble, it would be unforgivable if uh, Steve Gerrard lost that game. Got a question from Michael Fairley. He says, "Does Borna Barisic keep his place on Friday, or should Halliday come in?" Now we've 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 touched on that. So I actually, want to go to the larger point, which is, are Rangers going to need to be in the market for a left back in the summer, Scott? Given how Barisic has settled in, or his lack of good um, question. I mean, that would be a big uh, no. That'd be a big admission if you're going to go for a left back, having spent two million pound on a a Croatian international. Um, no, I think that you need to keep faith with Barisic. I think you need to get, no, you need to hope that we're a full pre-season under him uh, or a full pre-season behind him that he comes good at the, the start of next season. Certainly, he hasn't shown the, he hasn't shown the type of form that that, he sh- that made Rangers sign him in the, the first place. Um, no, it's that marauding fullback for Osijek that was no whatting his balls in for, for wide causing Rangers all sorts of problems even scoring a, a cracking goal at, at Ibrox in the, the Europa qualifier so he's finding it tough at the moment but I think you need to you, know, you need to keep keep a bit of faith with him you could lump Grezda in with Barisic as well when you think the two of them yep. the money spent on the two of them was I think only Goldson cost more than the pair is that right yes yep. only Goldson cost more so when you Grezda's think Grez does worse I think. yeah he's been unlucky with injuries he, he is worse than Barisic yeah but I mean, Barisic is showing flashes of what he can do yeah but I mean Gerard did touch when I was over in Tenerife for that winter break I mean Gerard I was quite Surprised at how honest he was when he when he put the two of them together and just saying that they need to really basically toughen up. You know, I think he was saying you know they need to find a mentality to cope with Scottish football. I think. Well, Barisic touched on it in an interview. He said, uh-huh. you know, it's every three days the games here yeah. and my body's not really holding up to. It. I can't yeah. play in these plastic pitches. Yeah. The surprising thing is that, I mean, when you think of you know Croatian players have that kind of reputation of being sort of real warriors and, and yeah. fighters and all you that think you know. back to Daryl Pusho and yeah all these you know just, just as a nation you know that's the kind of that's their characteristics you know never say die and Gav I've got a question for you about a potential signing right there is a guy who's played left back a considerable period of his career now plays in midfield who's available on a free transfer would he be an option for Rangers, I think, you know? I think it'd be an excellent signing. I mean, it's a name that has been sort of swirling around there, hasn't it? I think, yeah, I mean, you touched on it there. The fact he's versatile, the fact he's free, the fact he's a good age. I think Rangers, in trying to close the gap on Celtic, well, A, push out further away from Aberdeen, first of all, it would help them do that, as did the, the signing of Ryan Jack, by weakening them first and foremost. Uh, and then it's just about hoovering up the sort of best that's out there. He would he would definitely come into that category for his versatility, age, and the fact he's free is a no-brainer. But you would imagine he'll have options in England. Uh, well, he would definitely have options in England. Um, so it's just whether he would fancy it. You know, maybe Ryan Jackson a word in his ear about a major blow, major major blow for Aberdeen. I'd I'd be surprised if Rangers weren't interested, Johnny. Um, as Gav Touchstone. No, to get him in a Bosman at that age, a guy who no no Scottish football inside out has performed at a good level. He's a captain. No, he's got those kind of characteristics. He's a Scotland international now as well. Um, I mean, I'm not hundred percent 
convinced about Graham Shinney whether he would be a no a, a first pick Rangers player. However, if Rangers are tidying up that squad in the summer and you're expecting guys like Koulibaly to go back to France, you'd expect Jordan Rossiter to go, you'd expect even guys that are out on loan like, like Jason Holt not maybe to go, there's going to be a, a kind of trimming or tidying of, of the squad and if, if you're going to you know, lose a few midfielders like that and you could get Graham Shinney in for, for, for buttons essentially, then of course they'll be interested. But as Gav, as Gav says, <clears throat> we don't know how Graham Shinney's thinking and also we know for a fact that there's a lot of interest for English Championship clubs um, and they would appear to be in the kind of driving seat at the moment. And well, I, yeah, I'd be amazed if Rangers haven't at least asked a question and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be totally surprised if he ends up at Ibrox coming summer. Well, we've got Scott Cameron asking that, you know, is there any yeah. substance to these rumours? Because the rumours have been going on for, for months now and often... In Glasgow, yeah. where there's no, smoke, there is fire. Um, yeah, no, no. I think I think there's I think there's plenty in it. I think there is a fair chance that he, he, he will end up at Rangers. What you have to remember, Gav, just 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 stopping short of the exclusive here. Aren't yeah, no. Um, <laughs> what, no, sort of what I was going to say was if you if you think back to when uh, I mean it was very similar to the Ryan Jack. You know, Ryan Jack. You know, rumours were kind of swirling around. I think. Derek McInnes might have come out at one point and said no he's definitely not going to Rangers and then Scott actually had the story of a bad timing for Derek McInnes in Aberdeen because he was actually made to look a bit stupid and they end up Derek McInnes he'd obviously been kept out of the loop having come out and said no there's no way he's going to Rangers he ends up signing for Rangers so it could be a similar scenario and if, if there are and if Derek McInnes Probably wary of the same thing happening again. Me well of 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 said look, if we're saying in this, let's keep it. Scott, explain why this is a delicate situation for Aberdeen. Well, it, it's delicate for it's delicate for everyone, Aberdeen Rangers and the player, because no, if it emerges that that uh, Graham Shinney has agreed anything with, with Rangers or is going to sign for them this summer, then no, you know what the reaction is going to be for Aberdeen supporters. Uh, no, the punters up there will let them know. They'll see it as a an unforgivable act, pretty much like it was with, with Ryan Jack, who was who was captain up there. So both sides, if there's any potential for this deal to happen, both sides will want to keep a lid on it until until the summer, which you can understand whether that will happen or not. I'm not sure that, as I said before, there is lots of interest. So. Even if Rangers are in for them, they won't be the only club. And I mean, like big clubs in the in the championship that would give Graham Shinney a serious uh, no decision to make if it ever came to that. But as you say, there's there's very rarely no smoke without fire. If I was a betting man and me and Scott ended up penniless when we went to Cheltenham, <laughs> <laughs> I'd put money on him ending up at Rangers. Okay, well that's that's a big statement. That's going to be the headline for this one. <laughs> what? Don't follow my tip. <laughs> <laughs> that ended up penniless at Cheltenham. <laughs> um, so we've got a question here from Nick Lingar. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. How can Gerard thin out the squad over the summer, and which fringe players stay or go, Scott? Well, we've just touched on it. I mean, if you go through the squad, obviously, I would expect Wes Fodringham to go because uh, the last couple of interviews he's given, you can tell he's fed up, he's frustrated, he needs to play first-team football. So, no, he, I would expect 
that he'll definitely go. Jack Anik as well, I would imagine. Jack Anik possibly as well. Um, Joe Warrow will go back to Nottingham Forest. Because there's there's no way that Rangers can afford that deal. That's no. going to be a... Even even so, Martin O'Neill's going to want him yeah. back at Forest, and as we've as we've kind of laughed about, no, Joe Worrell's made no secret of the fact <laughs> he wants to go back to Nottingham Forest as well. Um, so they'll lose him, uh, Gareth McCauley. You'd expect yeah. not to be there next season. Lee Wallace, you would expect will go elsewhere. Looks as if that's pretty clear now that he's got no uh, no future. Ibrooks, Hodson uh, as well. Hodson obviously will obviously go. So that's quite a lot. I mean, that's us only a, a defence, and there's a bit of a, there's a wee bit of a rebuild. Uh, you get into midfield. I've mentioned a couple. Koulibaly for me will definitely now go back to France after the arrival of uh, Kamara. Um, Stephen Davis looks to be on a bit of a sugly peg. Stephen Davis. So far. We've said before it hasn't worked out so far. He's just not performed. Um, that's only a loan deal as well and if you're asking me right now I would say he'll go back to Southampton and, and well he's out of contract yeah so he'll, he'll go he'll go elsewhere in the summer I don't expect to see him at Rangers next season uh, couple of boys out in loan Doherty will come back I'm sure for pre-season <clears throat> and try to impress Gerard. I still think he's got a chance No, he's got attributes that Gerard will like he's a good age so the manager will want to give him a chance. Uh, possibly a different situation with Jason Holt. No, he'll come back because he's got time on his contract, but um, I'd probably expect him to, to move on. Um, and ahead of that, obviously you've got Ryan Kent, which is a key one Rangers are somehow going to need to try and either get him back on another loan deal or try and afford them uh, on a permanent deal. They're still huge question marks as regards to what will happen with, with his situation so there's actually I mean there's actually a wee bit of rebuilding to do there I mean I suppose the flip side is Stephen Gerrard and the fans will be looking at it and think well at least getting into next season they'll have a real core there no, you think McGregor <coughs> Tavernier Goldson Barisic Jack Arfield no, these guys regulars will all be there, Morelos, Defoe, they'll all be there, guaranteed, so, um, but around that, around the kind of... Well, I was going to ask about that, you think Defoe is definite to be there next year, it's a break clause at the end of the season, I mean, he's done well so far in the, I'd in the short him, amount of time I'd, 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 As long as Jermaine Defoe has enjoyed it up here, which I think he has, uh, I mean, I wanted to play a bit more, I'm sure, but um, he's not going to get out of Bournemouth and, and play every week so I'd ex- I think if both parties are, are happy enough with the, the situation it is an 18 month uh, or it was an 18 month loan deal that, that he agreed to so I would expect him to be here next season but it's just it's around the it's, as you say it's the fringe players <coughs> that needs a bit of trimming and going back to the the shinny thing if you could get shinny into that for, for a free then obviously you would you would look at it Lot to do there for uh, for Stephen Gerrard in summer, but uh, potentially a fair bit of money to play with in terms of the wages that are freed up, Gav. But I'm going to move on to another question, um, which is from Chris Scott. He said, "What has Stuart Robertson brought to Rangers? Can you identify any value he's added?" Okay, well, that's pretty strong stuff. Yeah, well, that's quite an interest. That's quite an interesting one. There. I mean, one thing you have to say is that 
for a start, Stephen Gerrard always name checks him when he talks about the support that he gets. He speaks daily to Stuart Robertson and Mark Allen, so we can't ignore, given Stephen Gerrard's inexperience as a as a first team manager, the kind of support that he said he's getting from him. Um, personally, I think maybe he just lacks a bit of sort of strength of leadership. He strikes me as somebody that maybe just doesn't lead from the front, which is what you would want from your chief executive. I know people always talk about Peter Lawwell, and you know, I mean. What, I mean, he has done a, a great job for Celtic if you look at the kind of business side of things and in terms of fighting their corner. Um, it is easier, of course, when your team's successful and, you know, you're as financially well off as Celtic have been for, for the majority of, of his time in charge. But, I mean, I know that... I know this probably isn't a popular opinion, but, I mean, when Martin Bain was... In Charles, in chief executive, had the chief executive role at Rangers. He did. I mean, he came in for a fair bit of criticism uh, from Rangers fans, but I don't think a lot of that was just justified. Um, he was somebody who was, you know, I think he was a bit stronger. He was willing to make sort of real, you know, ruthless decisions. Uh, Wasn't of, Martin Bain just acting on the orders of, of David Murray? No, I don't think he was. No, I think he... Look, he, he was... We've seen the Sunderland documentary. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, I mean, that, that, that's, that's when he kind of uh, last popped up. But, I, I mean, I think he was painted as that kind of, you know, sort of figure. Um, just sort of David Murray's lapdog, so to speak. But, no, I don't agree with that. I think he was. I think he had good qualities in the kind of business world and he was strong. He was a kind of strong guy who just, he, he didn't care, he didn't take any... He had a fine collection of watches and he likes a good yes. cup of coffee as well. And Scott, a, Martin Bain. He likes a swim in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really speak about Martin Bain, certainly not as well as Gav, because he he dealt with him a lot more, No, no worked with him a lot more. Uh, I didn't have many dealings with him. In terms of Stuart Robertson, I, I kind of agree with Gav and I know where he's coming from, I think. I think Stuart Robertson's a very good administrator. I think he's a good guy, good operator, um, certainly behind the scenes, but probably doesn't he put himself out there as much as a as a Lawwell. He's, or, he's just as, done a video, though, hasn't he? Just done a, a video interview. Yeah, with the fans. Oh, by Rangers TV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that I mean, that's, ah, that's a bit different just when it's club, club media. I just yeah. think the general perception is that Stuart Robertson isn't the kind of public face of of Rangers, you no know, fighting for the cause and you no, know, as I say, putting himself out there doing interviews. He's no clearly he's no got as big an influence as as Peter Lawwell, for example, within SFA, SPFL, whatever. That's because Lawwell's been doing it for so long. Celtic have been the kind of driving force at the top of Scottish football for all the the reasons we know about. So no, it's no been harsh on Stuart Robertson. He's no been in the job that that long nobody could have that kind of influence I just don't think it's in his it's probably not in his character and his makeup to be the guy who's out there uh, as the kind of face of the of the club and that's not a, a, and, that, and his role's different to be fair I was going to say I know it's just a sort of just debut in there just, I know it's just a small thing but I mean he, he did that TV he did the interview on the Rangers website you know where the BBC having a go at the BBC and all that and then later that night I think when the, the BBC then were looking for somebody to interview uh, on the, on it. To, um, it was Jim Trainer who popped up. Yeah. It was Jim. It was Jim Trainer who then then popped up. You know, he should have been putting himself out there, having done the interview with the club TV earlier in the day. 
it's difficult though because the the real politic of the situation at Rangers is he doesn't have the same level of power as Peter Lowell has, who has a complete free reign over the club. I mean, Dermot Desmond allows him just to get on with it, yeah. and he he has his fingers in every pie in both the club and he's also heavily involved, as you say, in the SPFL and the um, SFA. Whereas Stuart Robertson, he's a managing director, it's a different role, different responsibilities. I think Mark Allen talked about it when he when he was talking about his role as director of football. He said, you know, the Rangers director of football is maybe not the same as other director of footballs in terms of um, my public profile and all the thing. That's not what necessarily the board want from his role. So it might be that it's the same as Stuart Robertson. Robertson. <laughs> I can't, I, for some reason, I can't say the name Stuart Robertson. <laughs> well, I can't I'm, even I'm, remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it. <laughs> Sorry. I think it is, I think it is slightly, diff- slightly different. Yeah. Well, he's, he's not called a chief executive. He's called the managing director. So hmm. it, it is slightly different. He is slightly more in the background. Probably does have a bit less power within the club when you think although Dave King's in South Africa he's still got a huge or I would think he's still got a huge influence maybe more so than uh, Dermot Desmond in terms of the kind of day to day running of it Rangers have got a director of football Celtic have no maybe that makes a makes a difference to Stuart Robertson's role I just don't think in general as we spoke about He's not a Martin Bain. Yeah, that's, that's, sorry, that's the point. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying. That's the point I, that I was trying to make earlier. Just, I know it's difficult. Rangers are second. Celtic are lording it over them. They have been for a few years. It's hard. I just think in that role, you need somebody that's just a bit of a bad. Okay. I can't swear, can I? Bad, do bit anything. Nasty, bit nasty. A bit nasty. You know, just somebody. That, and I could be totally wrong here. I haven't had a huge amount of dealings with him, but any time I watch him interviewed or if, you know, as Scott said, you no know, pleasant. You know, nice, nice enough guy, but is he really out there? A guy that's going to lead from the front and he's going to do everything he can and, you know, to make sure that Rangers get any wee advantage, whether it's a, a fixture debate or something, something that's really going to fight your corner. And, you know, like Peter Lawwell will do that. He'll do anything. I'm going to stick up for him here, right? right. Because I just think he's Rangers face in the business community. Mm. And Rangers face in the business community doesn't mean they want a sort of snarling Graham Soonis type. You need somebody who's amenable, who's personable, who can make relationships, who can move the club forward. No, but I, I think, think what you're you're no. kind of mixing up the idea of a of an MD with a a football manager. And I just, no, but, but getting, that's but, no, like, but getting like, back to your orig- your original point was a question for a supporter yes. asking, "Is he doing enough?" And I think that I think with a lot of supporters that might be the general perception. You're saying it's okay that he's in the background; they don't doesn't need to be snarling that. But maybe that's what punters. So maybe, maybe that's that, what punters want. But what I'm saying then is, is this a reflection on the role and what Rangers want themselves? I mean, Dave King presumably is pretty directive with yeah. Stuart Robertson about what he actually wants from him. Yeah, but and it might be that Dave King wants something entirely different to what the supporters want. Well, but we're talking about, well, the comparison we're making to somebody like Peter Lawwell or Martin Bain back in the days, guys who are going to go into SPFL, Dave King's not going there. He's, so he's relying on, on Stuart Robertson to go and do that, that's what we're saying. So the fans when he's in that position. I mean, it could be for anything. I mean, who knows what, what it is, you know, but w- when they want somebody to be fighting their corner, Dave King isn't the man that's going to be in those meetings. Mark, we're seeing his role is slightly different because Mark Allen is there and he's a director of football, therefore his, his managing director role might not be what the chief executive does at Celtic or used to do at Rangers, but w- when he is in that position, you know, where he has to go and fight their corner, can he, will he? I have my doubts. 
Fascinating question. Now, listen, we've gone way over time here. So, Hibs. <laughs> but my big, specialist big subject, game. Big, big game, game, but I'm just going to ask you for predictions. Scott, one minute. Give me your thoughts on the game and predictions. After watching Hibs on Saturday night against Celtic, uh, I was disappointed in them. I think Rangers can get at them. They'll need to be, Rangers will need to be far better than they were at Pataudry, but I still expect Rangers, but what's at stake in the in the league? I still expect Rangers to win. I'll say 2-0 Rangers. Gav? 1-0 Rangers. Um, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott's at Scott McDermott 8. And Gav never remembers his, his, no, his tag, but I, he's, uh, he's got it handy this time. Uh, uh, at... <laughs> Uh, Gavin Berry DR <laughs> well that was worth waiting uh, for how can you remember that <laughs> don't forget to subscribe at iTunes and Acast to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available and if you liked it please review and rate us on there too thanks for listening Yeah.